Welcome to Dig It. This is Edge with my co-host Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Hey, Corey, how's it going? I'm doing good. How about you? Doing good. I hear you've been pretty busy this week, so <laughs> <laughs> it's been a little hectic around here. It's it's been cutting into my work time, and it's frustrating. Just a lot of putting out fires and troubleshooting. Yeah. But prior to that, prior to that was a great like four day Thanksgiving weekend. I got to see a lot of friends go to some ice hockey games. That was a blast. Uh, my friend's daughter's team won the championship in a tournament. And um, just being around people and cheering and laughing and having a good time, you know, it kind of makes all this dark stuff fade to the back. And and you realize, you know, there's still a lot of life out there and compassion and love and normalcy. But when you get caught into the... Uh, world of social media and news all that just kind of it's almost like two separate worlds going simultaneously is what it feels like sometimes doesn't it absolutely it does i actually ponder that from time to time about how <laughs> like there's parallel universes that are like colliding right now like i'm not right. even living in the same universe as some people like we're right. not even on the same plane of existence or understanding you know right Right. Um, so yeah, I totally get that. And see, but you can slip between the two. Yep. And that's yep. what's kind of cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. It is a weird and interesting <laughs> and, and time. It's needed. it's needed for balance. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I had a great Thanksgiving holiday. I hope all of our listeners did. We went camping after uh, oh, spending fine. time with the family. We, um, you know, camped. And so, yeah, it was really nice. It's just like, you know, when you're out there and it's nothing but the just a, mm -hmm. the stars, just a blanket of stars in the sky. And, mm -hmm. you know, it just kind of puts things into perspective. And, you know, just have feeling that sense of peace is, is yep. so necessary when Absolutely. you're dealing with, you know, the chaos and just the all of the corruption and, and everything that we see in um, the news daily. So... Yeah, oh my and gosh. we're going to talk about so <laughs> we're going to talk about mm. a lot of this chaos and corruption and everything um, today. Yeah, but um, some some also some some good stories too. So um, I know that upfront you wanted to address some censorship is issues that you've been experiencing. We're going to talk about a January sixth article I published last week on the new January sixth footage. Uh, we'll get into the COP28 meeting starting this week and our thoughts on that. Also, we need to discuss this recent court decision that allowed New York to quarantine people uh, against their will. And then we'll talk about some um, a handbook the IMF released on digital currency for the world central for the world's central banks so and then we'll close out with something positive you're going to read off one of your angel stories so i'm excited to hear about that yeah that's a good one all right all kinds of good stuff going on right now yeah so i was on with uh seth over at man in america and he had um but we did a two-part actually so the second part's coming out in a few days but the first one released a few days ago and it was just funny because <laughs> I go in and I look now I'm totally banned from from YouTube I can't even set up an account if I wanted to and I don't but 
I go in and he's got like 130,000 followers over there. And, you know, he's on multiple platforms. And um, so I just, I click in and out the corner of my eye, I notice these numbers shooting down on the thumbs up. I'm like, what the hell? They're literally showing it go from 211, you know, on the likes. And, and it's like a little wheel that just rotates down to zero. And I'm like, well, that's hysterical the way they have the setup. So I poke around and I look at some other ones. And of course, it's not doing it on others. And they probably have my name like coded coded into their little algorithms along with a bunch of other people who they like to uh, censor and ban. And so then the view counts are substantially low as well, of course. And so I just thought it was funny. I had to get it on video because it made me, it was like a flashback to the uh, 2020 election where I was watching on Fox News. It was really late at night and they were tallying up, you know, how you can see they have like the ticker on the bottom with the mm -hmm. numbers going for the different states. And I'm like, did you just see that shit? Like you literally watched the numbers go da -da 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 in reverse. Yeah. And um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it felt like. I was like, this is crazy. Why wouldn't they just keep it at zero? That's just terrible coding there. So about a day and a half later, then they just left it alone and it no longer ticked down. But, you know, that's, of course, to deter people from watching it because we're talking about the immunities that all these organizations have. So anyway, so I throw this up on Twitter and uh, someone over in France, if you scroll down on there, said had asked if uh, it's the next one. Uh, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Oh, there we go. So apparently France is blocking people from being able to view videos on Rumble. I did not know that. And so they were asking, they said, well, do you have another link where I can watch this? Because I had shared the Rumble link. And I'm like, sure, let me go in and grab one. So I go in to Seth's video and I, I grab, you know, just like a handful of his links and if you click click on the Im image on the right edge okay so you know how when you try to tweet something and then it says oh something went wrong but don't fret let's give it another shot and you keep trying and it won't let you yeah so then i get this pop-up that says we can't complete this request because this link has been identified by x or our partners hmm, as being who's their partners as being potentially harmful so I'm like, well, shit, okay, I guess I'll just screenshot this. And then I posted it. I said, I'm really sorry. You're going to have to manually type these URLs in because I can't get this info out to save my life. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's like, what the hell did you say in this? Isn't that crazy? This must have been a, a pretty explosive interview. <laughs> well, this was, this was all on the, you know, the the International Organizations Immunities Act and the treaties and the banks and this and BIS and all that. And then uh, we'll see how part two goes. Um, that one, we get more into the space and the financial situation going on. So interesting. I just, I just thought it was, it was kind of comical. I'm just like, you know what? Ah, try as they may, we will find a way and <laughs> just keep going forward. Yes. Yes, we will. In fact, we've we've done. I think we've come a long way um, since I would say at least 2020 um, with regards to building up the alternative media and alternative forms of getting information out. Don't you? 
We have, but it's been a long road. And when you look at how many subscribers we lost over on YouTube and my original Twitter account, I mean, that's down 200,000. So like, it's really time consuming as many people know who are experiencing this to have to start from scratch and rebuild is mm -hmm. downright exhausting. And it can take, it can take two, three years just to try to get back to where you were at. It's very frustrating. Yep. I hear you. And I it's obviously, you. it's not about numbers. I, I care less about that. I just want the information to get out to more people. And it's hard when you're censored to the hilt. So, yep. True. But there's a, there's a lot of great people out there. Um, journalists and reporters and show hosts that um that help to share our information so i appreciate all of them for that definitely definitely all right so moving on um to an article that i just recently published on your site um this was about the january january sixers um and the new footage that was released um by under who, new house leadership so we put this article out really as a resource for our readers just to find a way to get to the newly released January 6th footage as well as some resources to connect with J6ers and support them. I mean, we need really as many eyes on this footage as possible um, because just to expose their lies about the, you know, this establishment narrative that it was an insurrection because everything they're doing right now by targeting political opponent, by harassing, intimidating, imprisoning Americans is based on this lie that it was all an insurrection. And when you watch the video, you see how that narrative completely falls apart because you can clearly see protesters are just chatting with the police officers, being respectful, giving fist bumps. Um, in some instances, the police officers are escorting them through the halls. They're not giving them any indication that, you know, there would be, they're doing anything unlawful. And right. these people had no idea that later on they would be hunted down and imprisoned, really. Right. Um, yeah. Right. Not to mention all the FBI agents that were installed into this and just, uh, it's so awful. It's just so awful. And, and the, the people who put together the site that you put the links on where people can support them and connect with them. And there's, there's like a Christmas drive for the family, the children of those that are um, in prison and so the people who put together that website and that information, kudos to them for doing that work. Yeah, because they absolutely need this, um, our support, especially now that we can see with our own eyes how they have been targeted and everything that they've been persecuted for is based on this lie of insurrection. I mean, there was other footage two that came out recently like this one right uh, here uh, that shows that um that proves that the police it was really the police who were inciting the violence shooting rubber bullets at people tear gas this is into the crowd before they even entered the capitol perhaps even sparking them to um to want to enter the capitol right and so yeah. it's the transparency that um that really is this antidote 
to their deception. And this footage is helping to provide that transparency. So check this um, article out that's published on Corey Stiggs um, so that you can get the January 6th footage um, as well as the links that we've provided on ways to connect with the January Sixers who need our support. And so um, these links that and we've also provided. And also Laura Logan's series is phenomenal. I've, yep. I've been watching um, all of her episodes that come out. I think they typically come out once a week. Um, the rest of the story by Laura Logan. So I highly recommend people watch those. She's posting them under her highlights on her Twitter feed. So, and they, they're each about 25 minutes. She just, she just does a really great job with those. So absolutely. Exposing she more of this. Mm-hmm. She goes deep into the, the, the backstories um, of some of the people involved. And so, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's really a great series. Check it out. We've linked it. So it's all right here for you to look at all the video footage and all of the reports, the really great reports that have come out on January 6th, just completely demolishing the narrative of insurrection. All yeah. right. So moving on um, to what do we have up next? Ah, Oh, I see. COP28, yes. So this week starts the COP28 UN Climate Change Conference in the UAE. It's going from now until December 12th. And, and let's, let me just tell people. So COP28 stands for the Conference of the Parties, COP, to the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. And did you know, Edge, that their first uh, meeting was in Berlin, Germany in March 1995, which coincidentally was six months after the central bank system was formed? I find that very coincidental. I it don't in, think it's a coincidence, Corey. In, uh, <laughs> yeah, in, on September 13th, 1994 was the first BIS board meeting after the Federal Reserve had finally purchased shares in the BIS system, and that's what kicked off the central bank system on the global scale with putting BIS at the helm. So then six months later, they launch this shit show on how they can garner billions and billions of dollars towards this whole climate hoax, which I refuse to, I I just, I'm not even going to feed them any energy other than to make fun of them. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, So the UN and all of the wealthy globalists have big plans during COP28 to, quote, accelerate climate action and demand that all the rest of us consume less in order to somehow change the weather. I want to know if at the five star hotels that they're staying at, that they flew in on their private jets to get to, are serving up bugs as appetizers. (laughs) Doubt Hmm. it. (laughs) (laughs) yeah you sent me these memes they're great we're off to dubai to demand poor people consume less yeah and this guy craig Craig kelly he's like next stop you in climate conference dubai where thousands of private jets will assemble the world's greatest collection of virtue signaling wankers (laughs) to live it up in dubai's six-star hotels for a week as they demand for the world's poor consume less to stop bad weather yeah yeah, all for 1.5 degrees Celsius. It yeah, yeah. Me off. That just about sums it up. Um, oh, that's a good one, too. And that's pretty much what these fools look like to the world. You know, it's yes. it's 
And that's why I laugh. They just, they're, they're, I can't say they're fooling no one. I would love to say that. I, unfortunately, there is a younger generation that's buying into some of this, but. Oh yeah, there is. Yeah. And apparently one of their big focuses this year, um, which is new, is on reducing meat consumption in America. The idea of reducing meat consumption, not new, but addressing it and giving it such a platform at COP, at a COP conference is the the new thing. Um, so, um, yeah, so the UN's Food and Agricultural Organization is going to be publishing their Global Food Systems Roadmap during You got to love the Planned Parenthood uh ad advertisement right <laughs> just flashing in our faces alongside yeah. that <laughs> yeah <laughs> no yeah. babies and eat less meat mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so during cop 28 the food and um, agriculture organization of the un fao is going to be publishing their global food systems roadmap during cop 28 and this is going to be including a scheme to target livestock over greenhouse gas emissions uh, recommendations for nations that are, quote, over-consuming meat to reduce their meat consumption. And they're also going to be targeting fertilizers that farmers use. Sound familiar? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm and so glad I ordered direct from a ranch. <laughs> yeah. Are you tired of supporting globalist agendas with your hard-earned money? Sick of the impersonal big box store experience? Concerned about the safety of everyday products you use at home? Look no further. Shopping Club Freedom is here to revolutionize the way you shop and live. Say goodbye to questionable ingredients and harmful chemicals. They provide a carefully curated selection of safe and non-toxic everyday products, from fluoride-free toothpaste to safe cleaning supplies. Your health and well-being matter. And my new favorite is their all-natural beef selection. Taste the difference with their premium all-natural beef. Their commitment to quality means you can savor every bite with confidence. No hormones, no antibiotics, no mRNA, just pure, delicious goodness. And the best part is it's delivered right to your door. Enjoy the convenience of doorstep delivery. No more endless aisles or crowded checkout lines. They bring your selection straight to your home, saving you time and hassle. Join Shopping Club Freedom today and embrace a new era of shopping where you have the power to make choices that align with your values. Take control of your purchases, support local businesses, and prioritize your well-being. Your gateway to independence is just one click away, so I urge you to go to their website at shoppingclubfreedom.com and you can start your independence today. And I know that we can all agree that nobody really cares what COP28, COP28 has to say about how we live what we eat you know how we grow food i get that but when countries impose these drastic policies based on these globalist agreements that have devastating world impact real world impacts i mean we, we do need to pay attention right well so i would say <laughs> a few things we do need to pay attention but a lot of their scheming doesn't carry out or doesn't carry out in the manner they hope or they get money for it but that's not really what they're applying it to um you know what i'm saying so like for example 
the 3D printed meat or the lab grown meat. This is going to be an, an ongoing epic failure. It's just, it's never going to go full scale. Nobody wants it. Nobody's interested. And if you don't have buyers, then you don't have sellers. Uh, a lot of the things that they fight for are, are money laundering schemes. So they don't even end up carrying out certain things and they take that money and use it you know, elsewhere and other, other lockdown type agendas, control mechanisms. And so I, Here, I don't Here's know. an example. I, yeah. I mean, here's an example. I mean, because when I'm talking about real world, world impacts, I'm thinking of like, say for example, the Netherlands, Sri Lanka. I mean, I mm -hmm. wrote about this in the green new deal report and uh, I'm right. sorry, green new death report that I put out a couple of months ago. Um, and this is these are examples of real world impacts of these globalists plans and it has nothing to do with the fake meat it's more about restricting farmers ability to raise cattle and also restricting farmers ability to use nitrogen fertilizer and we yeah, saw and what happened with Sri Lanka when they made forced them to go organic I mean the country w went like skyrocketing inflation overnight the people became desperately poor and many of them went hungry yeah, so when it comes to the bogus regulations that they try to put in place, most of which are illegal over here, um, this is where people need to take a stand. Farmers, ranchers need to take a stand. People need to support the farmers and ranchers. I mean, we've been saying this for, for years. Uh, listening to what they're telling us to do as though they are the authority figures, whether it's I'm sorry, but whether it's our freaking government or it's forget the UN altogether, um, anything that comes out of their mouths, the most corrupt organization out there. So, so it really, you know, I, we can't rely on Congress to put up a fight against any regulations that try to go in place because there's just not enough numbers there and it's a total shit show. So this is where people have to take a stand. And, um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, that, I agree. They absolutely have to take a stand because I mean, if you actually followed the Sri Lanka example to the logical conclusion of, you know, if you were to mass implement that across the globe, I mean, you would see some major major devastating devastation on farming right. if you eliminated nitrogen fertilizer um which is what these people's primary goal is i swear these people are sick and evil when it comes to i mean yeah. it's really really is boiling down to depopulation and that they they want to say that climate change is the is the killer no no right. it's these policies that will be the killers right right climate change is their cover story Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, for everything <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah. everything mm -hmm. yeah and that might play into our next story I'll, I'll get your thoughts on it um on how if if it's possible climate change could play into this um so the new york supreme court appellate court i'm sorry supreme court appellate division um, overturned a previous court decision and a lawsuit uh, against the New York uh, against New York's quarantine rule, 
known as rule 2.13. Have you heard about this rule? I have. I remember this going on. Uh, this has been going on mm -hmm. on and off for a bit now. And I know that there was controversy over a while back when this came out, some people were saying, you know, they're building the quarantine camps and this and that. And then others were saying, no, that's being exaggerated. This is what it is. And so I haven't had time to actually review the, uh, the, the legislation or the court docs. I'd like to know what the real truth is as far as what it is they allegedly are given, um, or their alleged authority, I should say, over people to quarantine them. What are, do you have like the details yeah. of that? Yep. Yep. So this okay. rule, it was implemented under uh, Governor Kathy Hochul, um, would give the state authority to remove people from their homes and put them in the court in quarantine camps or lock them down in homes or in other locations of the state's choosing against their will. They don't have to have proof that the individuals are sick or infected with a disease. The duration could be for extended amounts of time, days, weeks, months. The state gets to determine it. See, the language of this thing is so broad. That's why um, you could leave it open up to all kinds of interpretation. And um, the people who are quarantined would quarantined would have no real due process no way to appeal it the only legal path would be to hire a lawyer and sue the state so 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 hang on this is from the actual you didn't read this yet right the mm -hmm. isolation and quarantine procedures whenever appropriate to control the spread of a highly contagious communicable disease the state commissioner of health may issue and or may direct the local health authority to issue isolation and or quarantine orders consistent with due process of law, da, 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 da. wait, consistent with due process of law to all such persons as the state commissioner of health shall determine appropriate for the purpose of isolation, or you can read if you want. I'm just looking this because I haven't had a chance to look at this. And what you just read is very different language than what I'm reading here. So I want to like, this is the actual legislation yeah. put through right yes well it's not even legislation it's more of like just a rule and that was the issue it's like like um, like they, but okay. for the, yeah so it says for the purpose of isolation orders isolation locations may include home isolation or such other residential or temporary housing location that the public health authority issuing the order determines appropriate so they can say you have to lock down in your home or they can take you away and put you but, where they determine but uh well okay but taking you away i'm still on the fence on the taking you away part no okay. it's it's pretty clear <laughs> they can they can say includes whenever they deem it appropriate to control the spread of a contagious communicable disease mm-hmm they can issue isolation or quarantine orders and that they can determine the location of where people are locked down or quarantined, whether in their home or temporary housing location and maybe a hospital, maybe temporary housing. And then it goes on to say, whenever a person is subject to an isolation or quarantine order, the State Department 
of health or local health authority or local health authority at the state department of health's direction shall consistent with any direction issued by the state commissioner of health monitor the person to ensure compliance with the order uh, whenever appropriate coordinate it with local law enforcement to, to ensure that person the person complies with the order and it i don't know where i i, don't think I highlighted it but here's, it does here's say the one the one hang up i have in what i was looking at in item three is uh they're not mentioning a public facility they're saying in a home isolation or other residential or temporary housing location like if someone was at a vacation rental or someone was at a hotel or whatever but they're not specifically saying like public facilities i mean i can see how this is no. broad and they could That's definitely the bend the hell out of it That's i can see the that problem is they intentionally yeah made it broad so that they can put you anywhere um, so it doesn't specifically say wait, 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 a wait, quarantine wait, wait, camp. wait, wait, scroll back up real quick. Right. Wait. Okay. If the location in of isolation or quarantine, ah, scroll back down. Number eight is a detached structure that the person may go outside while remaining on the premises, but shall not leave the premises or come within six feet. Okay. I just wanted to see what that was saying about a, a structure. Yeah, multiple dwelling structures. Wait, wait, wait. If the location of isolation or quarantine is not in a general hospital, instructions for contacting the da 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 da. da. Yeah, I'm gonna have to read over this. Multiple dwelling. See, now we're getting into the specifics of all the all the dwellings themselves, and that's that's what I'm kind of curious about. Um, you know what I mean? Because it's broad. But yet they have all these different points about the locations. And so I'd want to put all that together to see the whole scope of this. But so then, okay, finish what you were saying on here. But I'm curious Okay. to see if the court said they need to like narrow this crap down or what. No, no. The court just basically overturned the win last year um, in a lawsuit against this and um, just overturned it, opening the door for New York to reinstate it if they so choose. And So, this is the the wording for the the time frame. Um, basically, it doesn't say you know that there's a limited time frame. It's like the state determines it, um, and the du so the duration um, uh, is to be determined by the state. So um, it would be, I think they they made it as broad as possible to apply to as many possible scenarios as they could. Right. And And so that and was the the objection, obviously, is that it could lead to taking people away from their homes, putting them in facilities, and them staying there for a long duration of time without due process, unless so they hire a lawyer and sue the state. so here's the thing, the thing that like I look at this and I go, well, so they're just making up these rules that the people are supposed to abide by. which is totally unconstitutional and a court who doesn't make laws who gives opinions is saying, yeah, we agree with you. You can go ahead and do this. And so again, I say the people need to not comply. Are they saying in this that um, what sort of um, 
repercussions there will be if someone does not abide by this authoritarian <laughs> crap. Did I didn't read that. that. I just I just read how they were going to follow up and make sure and and stay in contact oh, with local so, law enforcement so, to make sure that you were complying. Oh, they're going to coordinate with local law enforcement. Huh. And uh yeah, so what would that look like? Uh what are they possibly going to hold you on if for walking out of your house and going taking your dog around the block? I mean, come on. People just need to look at this and laugh and not comply. And I understand, I understand they're pulling crap right now, but that's the battle we're in. They're going to keep using intimidation. And if people are going to just fold every time, then it's just going to continue to get worse. Yeah, definitely. And I would not be living in New York <laughs> yeah. at this point. Um, but yeah, so the case, um, so this is uh, the a post by the actual attorney who was um, fighting this rule 2.13. Um, and so the case, the, the attorney was explaining kind of where we go from here. And she said that the case can possibly go to a higher court, which is the court of appeals, where the judges are all appointed by a governor and they can pretty much pick and choose what cases they hear. So it doesn't sound very likely um, but the, the attorney representing the plaintiffs in this case may file a motion to try to convince the high court to hear this case. I wouldn't hold my breath, though. So, um, which again, yeah. in my in in my opinion, these are all opinions. I mean, you know, it's a, this is the court's opinion. Yeah, this and then is, this is a state trying to make rules that go far outside their scope of authority. In my opinion. And, yeah. and then this is from the attorney of the plaintiffs, obviously, um, on her, you know, just answering questions. Does Rule 2.13 allow Hochul and her DOH to set up actual quarantine camps? And her answer is the reason the public has dubbed this regulation the quarantine camp regulation is because the language in the regulation makes it crystal clear that the DOH can pull you from your home and your life and with the force of the police hold you anywhere they deem appropriate including other residential or temporary housing remember the regulation says that they don't provide uh, they have don't prove. have to prove you are sick they can hold you for however long you they want and there is no way for you to get out of lockup or lockdown unless you get a lawyer and sue them huh. yeah yeah and I wonder because, I mean, when you see New York, um, the state of New York fighting um, for their ability to ship people off to quarantine camps, I mean, even way after COVID is long over, right? then you have to ask, you know, what's coming? Right. You know, they expect to use this pandemic playbook again, don't you? Or at least some form of it. I mean, they've got to be, they're obviously getting control me mechanisms in place to prepare for something like that. Right. Well, and intimidation. Well, yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, and could could I, I know we've talked about climate lockdowns before. I'm just curious if even this rule would be used in that way. I'm looking at, I'm looking at all the tags on this. Sorry, say that again. <laughs> I'm sitting here reading all these tags. Obviously, we've, article. <laughs> we've heard about climate lockdowns, you know, and, right. and talked about the potential for those in the future. I was wondering if that rule would ever maybe 
potentially be used Dude, for I'm just, I just, I can't help it. I laugh at this. I've never been one to really, you know, I mean, <laughs> I don't follow rules if I don't think the rules are appropriate or just. So, uh, uh, to me, this is insane. To me, this is like a bully on the playground saying, go over there inside that structure and you stay there until I say you can come out. Hell no. No. And this is this is the fight. So, you know, maybe there will be law enforcement around there and there'll be jackasses. We saw some of that during the COVID when people were trying to keep their businesses open. But we also saw people... Um, you know, sending them out, sending them away. And we also saw some of the officers and sheriffs fighting for the people. So this is the battle we're in and people need to stand up to all this. And yeah, instead definitely. of fearing it and taking it as, oh my God, they're going to be able to do this. This is the authority. Hurry up, escape from New York. I mean, people need to take a stand and don't see them as authority and don't give them the power that they're trying to have. Right on. All right. Yeah. Last subject before we close out with your angel story. So um, the IMF recently published a CBDC virtual handbook for central banks to follow. And this handbook outlines how central banks should ramp up the CBDC development and rollout, as well as, you know, how the CBDCs will impact monetary policy, how, uh, you know, capital flow management, how CBDs are going to, CDs are going to impact capital flow management. And of course, um, financial inclusion how cbdc's are going to be so great for financial inclusion (laughs) they actually used the word delightful in there (laughs) Uh, i don't know if it's in this section here but i was glancing through some of the chapters and they actually used the word delightful like delightful financial inclusion (laughs) they cracked me up Oh. And we already we already know. I mean, the again to me, this is like marketing, right? It's just marketing. They already have the infrastructure, rock and rolling, ready to go. It's just a matter of when they're going to uh, lock it in. So yeah, and I also took a brief glance at some portions uh, of the managing capital flows. Uh, section of this handbook for the central banks <laughs> and um, this is including how so they they had several interesting admissions by the IMF in this handbook including how CBDCs are going to be used uh, they're going to be programmable uh, with controls on how much CBDCs can be stored in a digital wallet how many transactions can be made in a specific time period, (laughs) restrictions on the location of where the CBDCs can be spent using geofencing. Oh, lovely. And conditions on the way digital tokens can be spent for like only specific things. Like, so I highlighted a few things here. Um, several central banks have either launched or piloted CBDCs that have digital wallets with different caps on how much CBDCs can be stored in them. So we know that that's possible. 
um, and how many transactions can be made with a within a specific period of time. So we know that it's programmable to the point where you can they can tell you how much money you can have in your digital wallet. Um, when that money can be spent over a certain am amount of time, um, it What's says the reasoning? Do they do they explain a reasoning for the, that? This this whole chapter is about capital flow, managing capital flow, and so yeah, it's like to basically pro be able to control um, the markets. Like if there's some kind of um, crisis or some kind of uh you know just just basically being able to control the market so, um so are they is, saying other means of transactions such as cash or uh ach payments or you know they're allowing for room for these other things and they're trying yeah. to just start out with limiting is is that is is that what they're trying to say no, they're not talking no. about that stuff at all. They're just talking. Well, they actually talk about how um, it, not, it needs to be kind of rolled out incrementally because it could be it's going to be very disruptive. Mm. And so um, and so they do talk about that. So um, they need to get how, out the case to make sure their tracking's working accurately. Yeah, this whole section is talking <laughs> about market volatility and the control measures that they can use with CBDCs to mm -hmm. address market volatility, basically, mm, that kind of yeah. thing. So, um, yeah, it just talks about how um, CBDCs can be used. Um, they, they can use geofencing. Um, so, for instance, if a central bank intends to limit access to its CBDCs in specific countries, restrictions on the locations where the CBDC is used can be implemented by coding geofencing. Now, that's just their example of, like, you know, your country's CBDC being used in another country, but it can be used <laughs> locally too. They can use mm -hmm. the geofencing locally to oh, restrict already doing you geofencing. to, yeah. Yeah, to it, restrict you to your town, your 15 minute city, whatever, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And um, it talks about the various different methods of ways of controlling the geographical use of their CBDCs um, and the different partners that they use like you know your cell phone company or whatever to help them locate you know where you are um and control where the cbdc is used and um, you know what's funny is on the front end they'll sell everyone on the convenience of real-time payment systems and how great this will be and nobody will be the wiser to any of this stuff we're talking about on the on in their back-end discussions here on their little guidebook mm-hmm and then they do talk about how you can program payments and money, and they try to draw a distinction there. <laughs> <laughs> but they they do talk about how um, tokens, specific digital tokens, um, can be programmed to only be used in predetermined ways, meaning um, that they can basically tell you how you can spend your money. Yep, you bought too much meat today, Ed. You're cut off. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So when they tell you this is all just a conspiracy theory, read it in their own words. CBDCs are going to be the end of financial freedom unless we stop it. That's right. That's right. We need to work on this on state levels, everyone. Yeah. I'm gonna. Re I'm gonna be 
reading a whole book, God help me, on all of the payment systems um, and how they all work. And uh, it's going to hurt my brain because we got to figure out a workaround on all this stuff, you know? I mean, there'll be cash and gold and silver, and I don't know how long they're going to keep it going with accepting cash. If they're going to come down on corporations, grocery stores, you know, how that part's going to work. Um, but there's got to be a way we can implement a statewide system that can carry over to other states and uh, stay outside of this insane framework they're trying to build. So yeah, I think that um, we need to press our state um, and local legislators to um, to pass legislation that protects cash that basically makes it illegal for businesses to turn cash away. Yeah, um, but see, one thing about that though is you take New York for example. When I was looking into that a while back to see if any states had passed that, I was stunned to see that New York there was. There were only like two or three states and they were blue. And so I'm looking at it going, why would New York of all places pass something like this until I realized what they're doing is creating uh, a perfect setup to put out these reverse ATMs. So a store, if a store is told they have to accept cash, then they put an ATM in their store where you insert your cash and it spits out like a debit card that you can then use in that store. And ah. so this is how they will siphon off the cash. I see these reverse ATM machines. So they, these people also, also, also just bear in mind that um, cash is actually an issue that protect protecting cash is actually an issue that, Republicans and some Democrats will agree on for different reasons. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because Democrats want to protect the legal immigrants that all use cash mm -hmm. and they want to protect the poor, so um, which typically use cash, don't use debit cards or credit. So they're do that's their reason. their own money. <laughs> yeah, that's their reasoning. They don't want to disenfranchise the poor, but really they don't want to disenfranchise the illegal immigrants right. um, that, that operate in cash. For our side, obviously, it's protecting the integrity of the, the entire financial system and not moving into this controllable CBDC system that's like an enslavement system. But right. we might be able to agree, and that's uh, especially on the state level, if we were able to come up with some legislation in every single state protecting the use of cash, I think that's where you begin, but also you got to do the 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 gold depositories and the silver depositories in the states, which they I know in several states they're already working on, Texas, Tennessee, to name a few. But we just need to yeah. build that out. And then make it all legal tender so that stores have to accept gold, silver, and cash. Oh. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So a while back, for anyone who's new here, a while back I had put out a request for people to uh, submit uh, angel encounter stories that they've had and I published some of those and then I saved some that I was gonna occasionally read in our podcast so I wanted to share one today by Cynthia so and I'm just gonna read this directly this is her story she says I want to tell you about my friend Tom he was like my little brother he had decided to go back to Indiana to patch up a rift he had with his family he gave me his class ring to hold on to and said he would be back to get it Tom was very tall and had long blonde hair. 
He'd been gone about two weeks when one night I went to bed and had an experience that has made me believe that there is a place we go when we die. I fell asleep, then found myself standing in a very unusual place. I was on a small spit of land that was surrounded by water on three sides. It was very dusky. In front of me, I saw two mountains. There was a very bright light behind the mountains. A path came out of the duskiness on my left and continued to go off to my right between the two mountains. There were people of all kinds, ages, sizes, and colors walking quietly along the path around the base of the first mountain toward the light. As I watched, a tall youngish man with long blonde hair stepped off the path onto the spit of land I was on. I looked up at his face. His face had no features. It was just flat, flesh color, not gory or anything. He reached out, wrapped his arms around me, and gave me a warm hug. Then he let go and stepped back onto the path. At that point, I came wide awake. I was confused about what had just happened. The next morning, I received a phone call. It was from a mutual friend of mine in Tom's. He told me that Tom had gotten a job in Indiana, and the previous night, on his way home from work, had gotten into such a horrific car accident that it ripped off his face and he had died. I believe that Tom came to say goodbye to me that night. What I saw has led me to believe there is a place we move on to after death. I still have his class ring to this day. So I thought that was, wow. that was, yeah, that was a, a beautiful story, beautiful visual there. And, uh, and I concur with her assessment on that. That is really neat. I mean, the timing on that for her to have I that know. dream the day before. Wow. Yeah. That is, that is really impactful. I can imagine for someone yeah. to have that experience. Yes. So thank you for sharing that with us, Cynthia. And we'll have more angel stories in future podcasts. Oh, and sometime in the next couple of weeks, possibly even our next podcast, we're going to have Seamus Brunner on who recently published um, Controlagarchs, another book. I think this is his third book now. He'd been working on this one for a bit. So we were, we were chatting last night and I said, you got to come on the podcast with us and then talk about your book. So so he'll be on with us sometime in the next couple of weeks. That'll be that'll be good fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excited to hear from him and all about his new book. Everything he puts out is like top notch. Yeah, he's a fantastic researcher. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us today here on Dig It. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Pilled, Rumble, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, no longer on YouTube. So be sure to subscribe to our other platforms and we'll see you back next time right here on Dig It.